Welcome to Punditocracy, Lawrence.com's politics and culture podcast. After an infuriatingly long dry spell, we are back online, lubed and ready to go. I'm Gavin, and this week we are honored to be joined by longtime Korean affairs correspondent Aaron Wiley. Welcome back, Aaron. Well, thanks. It's back. good to be back here at Punditocracy. <laughs> it's been a uh, long, harsh... Um, Odyssey through North Korea. Yeah, how are things in the DMZ? Uh, DMZ was was okay. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to be going to war immediately. Um, but uh, you know, I got to take a nice long tour of Pongyang, and uh, they got to uh, you know, I got to go to some of the detention camps, and uh, I got reprogrammed, and uh, you know, all that other good stuff. So, very very good trip to to the north. Good good. How's Kim Jong doing? Kim, you know, he's he's an interesting fellow. He's, um, I, you know, he likes to drink a lot. He wears women's clothes. He uh, watches a lot of pornography. He's uh, basically Korea's J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, yeah, that might be a fair comparison. But mm-hmm. I, I think Kim is a little cooler than J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> uh, but either way, Aaron, it's good to have you back. Good, good. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Yes, and it's good that you're here right now because you're joining us for Punditocracy's extra special, super-sized summer blockbuster extravaganza. I'm so honored. You should be. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're we're going to try to be more vulgar than Knocked Up, shorter than Pirates of the Caribbean 3, and not nearly as shitty as Spider-Man 3. It's a tall order, but I think we can do it. I don't plan on seeing any of those movies. <laughs> Shrek the Third? No, hell no. <sighs> you have no heart, sir. Rambo Four. <laughs> you do know the premise of Rambo Four, right? Yes, uh, Sylvester Stallone takes a lot of human growth hormone and tries to pretend he's not 75 years old. Exactly. <laughs> For freedom! Hey! It worked in Rocky Balboa. He was on top of his game in that movie. So those growth hormones, they're, they're working. They're doing something. Yes, yes. And I can only imagine that um, Rambo 4 will be the best of the Rambo series. I believe, and I'm not sure, but I believe he goes back to Afghanistan and kills Osama bin Laden. Oh, God, I hope so. I Although think that's, I think that's the premise of the movie. And if Rambo uh, Ford does happen to fail, uh, Stallone, with all of the human growth hormone he has in his system, could always fall back on starting pitcher for the New York Yankees. Right, of course. Yeah. You, wait, you don't take human growth hormones, Gavin? I, I know just by looking at me and my incredibly, insanely buffed physique, you might think that I take human growth oh. hormone, but I do not. I do, I do gargle horse urine, though. Oh well, that's that's. But that's strictly thing. for the uh, home remedy purposes. It's, it's a it's a homeopathic. That, thing. that that is a very good home remedy. I take human growth hormones. Yes. Um, it's one of the many drugs I take that is not approved <laughs> by the FDA. <laughs> in fact, they sell it in uh, uh, curbside vendors in Korea. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that along with all sorts of uh, and pickled herbal, squid and herbal, shit like that. Herbal medicines, uh, penile enlargement pills. Penile uh, enlargement pills, mostly made out of endangered species penises. Exactly. I tell you, man, I tried some of those, and wow, you still have an erection, man. I, I am. Hung. You got back two weeks ago. You still have an erection. I am hung like a horse now, ladies. <laughs> man, I'm on the market. <laughs> And when he says he's hung like a horse, literally, he had a horse penis surgically attached to his existing penis. 
they do some weird things over in Korea. They, they do. You, you have very interesting options. It's the last great frontier in animal-human genitalia I know. hybrids. I know. So, ladies, I'm, I'm buff because of the human growth hormones. I've got a big dong because of the penile surgery. Mm-hmm. We'll just call it that, I guess. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be a very hard man to resist. I know. Hey, speaking of homoeroticism, Scooter's going to jail. Oh. Scooter! He better learn how to take it. <laughs> Actually, I, I heard that they're going to try to put him in a minimum security prison in isolation. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, but a little bit of background for those who haven't been following. A federal judge has ruled that I, Lewis Scooter Libby, former chief of staff to Vice President Dick Cheney, and Ursine Pedophilia Porn Aficionado, uh, if you haven't been keeping up with his literary career. He is a published author, and in uh, the book of his that was published, it has a scene uh, detailing how prostitutes are trained by being thrown into a cage with an aroused bear when they're children. Right. Yes. And um, and this is a man who is in a, the highest echelons of government they have in the a, White House. They have a man poking the bear yes. to keep it aroused and erect yes. as this young girl is in the cage with the bear. To prepare her for a life of prostitution, which has a lot of parallels with being Dick Cheney's underling, actually. Exactly. <laughs> but, no, uh, it's funny that you should mention his book because it is, it's something else. I mean, he is a, it's a very good insight to uh, just how sick and twisted this man really is. I mean, when you write a book about – well, really when you write a book about young girls – sexual adventures you're you're probably not normal in the head to begin with yes um but put that on top. this of is a very that. republican phenomenon by the way aside from libby's book about bears raping children there's also lynn cheney's novel if while we're sticking in the the cheney clan cheney wrote a lesbian erotic uh, little house on the prairie style novel um and also bill o'reilly's infamous published works uh basically soft core hard-boiled pornography Oh, I'm not, I have not heard oh, of yes. oh. books. Oh, yeah. He, he used to fancy himself a crime thriller author. Oh, and no shit. the book of his that was published featured some really lame eroticism. Like, awful. Like, almost as bad as rubbing uh, loofahs on women's boobs. What? Do you have an example? Uh, it, it, no, I don't even want to repeat it right now. Oh, it, right. it will kill your erection that you've had for three weeks. If you yes, if, if anybody good. out there is suffering from priapism, which is an erection lasting longer than four hours, if you watch the Cialis commercials, just read Bill O'Reilly's book. It will kill your libido. It will kill it dead. But I'm, I'm really curious now. I'm gonna have to go out and buy Bill. O'Reilly's <laughs> I know book. The, re, the, the Republican book club for very repressed men and closeted lesbians. Yes. Now, Lynn Cheney's book is very interesting as well. Yes, and I wonder if uh, Dick Cheney's daughter had any part in writing this <laughs> phenomenal story about about frontier women about frontier exploring women ex- not just the frontiers of america but the frontiers of their own bodies i know exploring their deep <clears throat> sexual feelings mm-hmm. for each other and it's a sisterhood it's a sisterhood really i kind of like the book actually it was kind of uh does that mean that dick cheney's a woman just a really hideous woman i'm not sure if dick cheney's really anything yeah it's true although he's got a huge moose knuckle I don't know if you've seen the photos. I have not seen the his guy, moose knuckle. <laughs> the guy's got a massive moose. It's more, than, it's more of a moose arm. It goes beyond moose knuckle. Oh, it, it's impressive. But Scooter Libby. Scooter Libby's <laughs> Scooter Libby, going to jail. Yes, a federal judge said that he cannot remain free pending his appeal of perjury and obstruction of justice. 
and must go straight to the pokey, uh, where his affinity for men named Dick is likely to make him a prime candidate for some uncomfortable pokey. Um, and I wonder now. <laughs> I wonder if his nickname's going to change from Scooter to uh, Lowest Man on the Cum Dumpster Pole. <laughs> I, <laughs> or Lowest Man on the Receiving End of the Cum Dumpster I, Pole. I, I, can I, only, I can only imagine that if uh, Scooter is put into the general population, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's going to be pretty ugly. I'm not sure if uh, they can really put him in with the other prisoners. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got to make Oz look like Bob the Builder. It's, yeah, they're going to be, be, be nailing him two or three times a day. It's, it's not going to be good. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so Scooter, of course, was convicted of perjury and obstruction of justice in the investigation of the Valerie which, Plame leak. Which is no surprise. Yes, yes. Uh, Patrick Fitzgerald, in trying to determine if any federal laws were broken in the leaking of this covert officer's name uh, for political reasons. However, Scooter uh, obstructed the investigation so that we couldn't get to the actual root of it, which is Dick Cheney. Right. Uh, he basically fell on his sword for Dick. <laughs> and uh, is now going to jail. And so uh, this has Republican neocon apologists going apeshit, say, we must pardon Scooter. He's a good soldier in the fight for what? I don't Subverting democracy. I'm not exactly sure what exactly he's a good soldier at. Breaking the law, uh, if that is a rank in the military. He's a fine soldier at that. Uh, but... I don't, do you, what do you think, Aaron? Uh, will Bush bow to pressure and free Scooter? I don't... In my opinion, I don't think there's any question in it. I think he will pardon Scooter. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and again, I mean, what's very interesting about this whole case is, is that um, you're, you're completely right. I mean, he, he took the fall for Dick Cheney. And uh, what's really kind of sad about this is that this case goes way up. I mean, there's... We know that Dick Cheney, I think it goes as high as Bush. It, there's actually um, evidence that uh, Cheney, in fact, openly authorized this. Um, and the argument being that he is a co-president and has executive authority to declassify, declassify information. Sort of information. Stuff, exactly. So, yeah, you know, it's good that they got Scooter on this, but... I wanted you know, to really, see Cheney up on the stand. Well, they, really, you could have, I, you know, it seems to me at least that you probably could have convicted it for five people in this whole oh, yeah. case. Oh, yeah. And, again, Scooter's a good soldier. Um, I'm sure that this was all arranged. And I'm sure Scooter knew that he was going to be pardoned, and that's probably why he... And so it was probably now more of a question of when the pardon will come down. Do you think Bush is going to do it sooner rather than later so he can get it out of the way before the 2008 elections, or is this going to be something he's going to wait until after the elections for his last days in office? You know, I would think that he would wait until till after the elections, uh, and then he would probably part, pardon him on, as you said, maybe the last couple of days of his presidency. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think that if he pardons them too soon, I think that there's going to be a, a lot of criticism. But let's face it, I mean, there's already a lot of criticism towards Bush. He's not running for re-election. Um, his approval rating's down to 30%. Uh, 27 so, in some polls. 27 in some polls? Yes. Wow. That's, uh, that's, it'll be, that's Nixonian right there. It'll be interesting to see if it gets down as low as 25 or 20. Oh, fingers crossed. That's Watergate level. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, get... Given those facts, he he may just may just pardon them in the next couple months. And I and I wonder, this is such a complicated case, and uh, it's very difficult to boil down for most Americans what exactly was at stake here. Uh, 
Valerie Plame, who was a covert officer for the CIA, who ironically enough was in the non-proliferation uh, wing of the CIA, trying to prevent weapons of mass destruction from right. getting into the hands of the wrong people. Uh, her husband, Joseph Wilson, was sent to Niger to investigate the yellow cake uranium claims of the Bush administration to see if Saddam Hussein actually did attempt to buy any nuclear facile material. And, of course, it came out that he yeah, never made happened. absolutely no attempt never happened. to buy nuclear technology in Niger. Yeah. In fact, uh, there are a lot of investigations going on in Europe about exactly how this claim surfaced, and this— if these investigations go to where some people think they're going to go, this could be a huge deal. Basically, the implication is that the Bush administration or actors for the Bush administration intentionally fabricated evidence and planted it to make it appear as though Saddam Hussein attempted to buy uranium. Uh, but anyway, Joseph Wilson determined that this was bunk. In fact, everyone knew already that this was bunk. The CIA did not want Bush to include any of this in any of his speeches and didn't and, want Colin Powell to go in right, front of the and UN it, and mention it. And, of course, uh, Bush denied later on um, blaming the CIA, saying that they did not tell him yeah. that this that this claim of nuclear technology in Niger was, in fact, false. Yes. So, um, And uh, George Tenet in his new book that came out saying that he specifically – he wouldn't say that they knew it was false, but he knew it wasn't strong enough that it wouldn't stand up. So he forced Bush to pull that from speeches, and uh, but somehow it made it, made it into his State of the That's Union, right. his famous State of the Union speech, which was used to basically sell the war to the American people. Right. Uh, but anyway, so Joseph Wilson determined that this claim was bunk. Everybody always knew this. And so Wilson became an immediate target of smears and recriminations from the White House political wing, including right. Carl well, this Rove is after and he, Dick Cheney. And this is after he wrote his article for the New York Times, yeah. um, essentially— Called What I Did Not Find in yeah, Africa. It, it, essentially, summing it up, he called the Bush administration a bunch of liars. Yeah. Yeah. And that they did fabricate all of this— um, all the evidence against Iraq yes. and Saddam Hussein. And, and, of course, the White House freaked out because Wilson was probably the most credible and vocal critic of the administration's right. claims. And so they orchestrated this whisper campaign about Wilson's wife, who worked in the CIA. The gist of the White House spin was that his wife somehow pulled some strings and got him to go on this junket in uh, Niger. Because Niger is you know, a great tourist spot, a lot of great discos buffets out the ass so you want to go there just uh, on a junket you, you it, haven't been to niger i haven't been to niger that's a great place uh, yeah it's a it's a it's the new ibiza from what i understand There's lots of horrors it's ibiza with malaria lots of horrors lots of booze yeah what more can a man want lots of rectally bleeding monkeys it's great Ugh. it's fantastic so anyway yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but libby uh, acting on behalf of Cheney was leaking the identity of Valerie Plame, who was it, a lot of conservative pundits have been trying to put out this misinformation that she wasn't actually covert. No, she was covert. The CIA could not confirm or deny any of this because that's not their policy, and these are covert people. You can't even talk about their status. Right. But in court filings in the Libby case, the CIA came out and said she was covert. Her identity yes. was to remain secret. And so uh, her identity was leaked to Bob Novak, widely regarded as douchebag of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and this set into motion this investigation that uh, 
John Ashcroft's Justice Department actually set up. Another instance where John Ashcroft retrospectively comes off smelling like roses when you stack him up against Alberto Gonzalez, anyway. Uh, And so the culmination of this special investigation was that Scooter Libby lied during the investigation to prevent uh, the prosecutors from getting too close to Cheney and the White House. And so he and Carl Rove and Carl Rove, of course, plays a very important uh, role in all of this. Yeah. So uh, Scooter's going to jail. The judge, well, the judge ruled that he can't remain out uh, pending his appeal. So, yeah. well, we'll see again. And here's the, and that's the question: Is Bush going to intervene before he goes to jail so he doesn't have to spend any time in jail? Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people pressing for that because you don't want Scooter to get into jail and start thinking about you know how he got fucked over right. and start thinking about how he might want to flip on Cheney and Bush and Rove. Yeah. So there's that argument that he might. Try to pardon Scooter before he sets foot in a jail cell right. and, and get again, it out of the way as soon as possible. Right, and again, I would not be surprised if he gets pardoned immediately. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Bush common, doesn't give a shit. Right. I mean, common sense would would maybe dictate that he would wait until the end of his term because that's usually when most yeah. presidents wait to pardon, shall we say, controversial people. Yes, like Clinton um, and Mark Rich. And, right, and exactly. So um, but yeah, I you know, first off, Bush has nothing to lose on this. Um, and as I said, I would not be surprised if part of the arrangement for Scooter taking the fall was that we're going to pardon you as soon as you go to prison. Yeah. And uh, more than likely, he will be pardoned. Just a matter of when. Right. And so place your bets. <laughs> Again, uh, I believe my bet is is pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of jail time for reprehensible individuals who harm the very foundations of our society, Paris Hilton is going back to prison. Oh, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this crap. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but it can't go without mention. It, I mean, it's just too perfect. You got Scooter going to jail. You got Paris going back to jail. The schadenfreude is just immeasurable. It's great to watch these total wastes of human beings get their comeuppance. Well, and maybe Paris Hilton will find some homoerotic adventures in prison as well. She's obviously not averse to having uh, uh, mysterious tapes of her sexual escapades. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) That that she had nothing to do with it. I'm sure there's some big bull dyke in jail just waiting for Paris to get there. This would be a marketing goldmine if a prison (laughs) caged heat video of Paris Hilton were to surface. Exactly. Do you imagine? Can you imagine the bonanza that would happen? Uh, but I, in all seriousness, it's, it's, it's very tragic because she spent like three days in jail and claimed that she was having an emotional breakdown and the, the warden and the, uh, the sheriff's office to say, Oh, 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 oh. well, I tell Poor you what, Harrison. I tell you what, you can spend the rest of your term in house arrest. And by house, I mean your gigantic mansion in the Hollywood Hills torture, sheer torture. I know. <laughs> and she had to wear an ankle bracelet. Which didn't match anything oh. that she was wearing. God. The, the hardship. Because even at home alone, she has to make a fashion statement, yes. right? Yes. She had to accessorize with the exactly. ankle bracelet. So she spends like a day out of jail. And then the judge who sentenced her freaks out because he specifically said that she cannot you know, be commuted to house arrest. And so he demands that squad cars go to her mansion put her in handcuffs, drive her back to the courthouse, 
And then he said, you're going back to jail. And she's sobbing and has a complete breakdown in the courtroom. Yes. And starts pointing to her mom and screaming, this isn't fair. This isn't right. Ah, this is bullshit. I mean, you know, <laughs> what was it? Her third DUI? Yeah. Third DUI with a suspended license. Yeah. You know, if the average person gets pulled over for their third DUI and they have a suspended license, mm-hmm. they're going to do 45 days in the county slammer. Yes. And it... <laughs> I can't, it's just you know it's just it's so amusing to me that uh, these these rich you know sort of and I was thinking about this. stars or celebrities you know can just just get away with with not and this getting leads, punished for I know. the crimes that they have committed and it's, this actually it's, just, it's absolutely ridiculous yeah and it, it, it you know, kind of and she should have thought about this before she drove drunk yeah. with a suspended license. Yeah. Yeah, I but, mean, she's a multi-millionaire for fuck's sake. Don't here, you think that she here's, can find somebody here's, here's the that will fallacy. drive her here's, around here's the all logical, night long? Here's the logical fallacy in your argument. You're asking her to think. Yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> but I was thinking... I didn't take that into consideration. Come on, yeah, come on, Aaron. But again, if I was a multi-billionaire like she is, I wouldn't drive anywhere. But I'd she's a, a multi-billionaire. She's better than you or I. <sighs> and she can get away with anything. And she almost did get away with anything when she got the uh, the, the prison sentence commuted to house arrest. But uh, the Paris Hilton and rich people going to jail, it kind of dovetailed in with the Duke lacrosse case. Uh, but for a slightly different reason. I just think about this today. It's in the news again because the, the, the district attorney... Uh, in the in the case has wow. resigned. This uh, is this is another case that I've lost complete and total interest in. But. That's it. But I just real quick, it just made me think about how the Duke lacrosse case became a cause celeb with conservative pundits. Like they got all up in arms about this. Like, why exactly are they singling? The, I mean, there are a lot of people who are falsely accused of crimes, and for some reason, the conservatives are wigging out about this one. And then it dawned on me: it's because it's rich white men who are being persecuted. Right. It's it's and rich. that how dare and especially if it's a colored woman right. who is making these accusations, how dare she step out of line exactly and it's, and and try to deprive these wealthy young Caucasian men of yes. their right to get away with anything? Wealthy young men, yes. at a in a predominantly conservative state, yes. at a very rich private school, yes. which I I don't really know much about Duke politics, but I would uh, probably figure it's uh, more of a conservative school. I would think. I don't really. If, it, if I have nothing if to base that off of. If there's rich white money, yeah. yeah. I have nothing to base that off of. I'm just guessing. And yes, a colored woman. Yes. How dare she yes. bring these accusations against these clean-cut young men? <laughs> now, of course, it turned out that they didn't do anything and wrong. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, the 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 DA was a douchebag uh, because he's pursuing a case that he had really no evidence to to right. back up. And and grant and granted. Uh, I thank God they were exonerated and they didn't go to jail because they didn't do anything. But I, well, the, just, the reaction from the conservative uh, media was just so bizarre that they, they, they decided to pick up this particular case. Because there are poor well, people, there are minorities in this country who get falsely accused of crap all the time. But you didn't see Tucker Carlson or Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity going on the air and proclaiming it's an out-of-control DA who's you know falsely accusing these these you know, tra- tragically rich white young men. <laughs> but this is a case where the justice system works here. I mean, there was very little evidence. For rich against- white people, though. Well, th- there was very little evidence against them. It was taken to court. 
it was ruled in court that there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute these kids. It, that's just how it played out. I yeah. mean, there, there was really no reason for the conservative media to sort of jump on this. I agree yeah. with you. There, there was not. I know. And uh, I, again, this just goes back, and we'll, we'll be talking about this in the immigration uh, discussion we'll be having shortly, but the obsession that conservatives have with preserving the rich white aristocracy in this country. Well, they feel they're losing it. Yes. I mean, that's, and that's, that's the whole point of the immigration the debate with Republicans. Right. But we should, we should, uh, before we get that, we should, we should, you know, close the chapter on Paris. And, and I, I don't I, think there's, you know, again, I don't think there's much to say. She is a stupid fucking whore. She, okay, listen, listen. put a fine point on it. She, she got busted with her third DUI, okay? If you get one DUI, you should never drink and drive again. Yes. On top of that, she had a suspended license. She's probably lucky that she only got sentenced to 45 days. Yeah. I would imagine that most people could get maybe upwards of a year for this. I mean, this is a serious thing. Yeah. There was no reason for her to be driving. She has enough money that she can... Get a chauffeur to drive your whatever it is that you drive, your Bentley or your Mercedes. I'm just surprised she drives herself, actually. Yes, I'm surprised, too. I thought that she would have people to do that for her. So she gets what she deserves. She needs to shut up. She needs to do her time and get on with her life afterwards. And I have to say, actually, the uh, the difference between the Duke Lacrosse case and this ca- and the Paris Hilton case is that everyone hates Paris Hilton, conservatives and liberals, exactly. and everyone across the political spectrum. I think Paris Hilton loathing is the bridge that will <laughs> close the gap between red and blue America. But, you know, Paris Hilton does have some supporters. Nicole Richie, you know, uh, it, Nicole Richie, the co-host of co-host, not the host, but, you know, her cohort uh, in The Simple Life. Oh, Although I hear Nicole Richie, in a very noble effort to spring Paris, um, thought that she could use her jutting ribs and exposed vertebrae uh, to file through the, the bars. Girl. But tragically, uh, Richie died trying to bake herself into a cake that would be smuggled into prison. Well, and Nicole Richie is anorexic and, and dumb, see, is what I'm saying. And to see Paris Hilton just sit there and just bawling and crying, you know, she's doing 45 days in the county jail. She's not getting sentenced to 20 years of hard time in a federal yeah. penitentiary. Yeah. Okay. But Aaron, you're not thinking about the repercussions for the country. This is these are 40 days that she's going to be off of the streets, and there will be massive stockpiles of unconsumed cocaine and semen out there. You're right, Lindsay, cannot, Lindsay Lohan. Better once, get cracking. You know what? You're Forgive right. the expression, crack. <laughs> once again, I have failed to see the larger picture. Yes. In this. Come on, Aaron. All right, I stand. Larger correct. lens. You know, I really hope she gets sodomized with a broomstick. Yeah. Uh, well, and while we're on that uh, topic of just purely spiteful schadenfreude, uh, which would you prefer to see happen to Paris Hilton? That she comes down with drug-resistant tuberculosis or she has to sit through the next Fantastic Four movie? Which do you think would be a more fitting punishment? Ooh, I don't know. Fantastic Four movie. That, that's got to be pretty painful. That's got to be pure torture right yeah. there. I, you know what? I think I'm, that might violate the Geneva Convention. It might. That is cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a, a viewing of the Fantastic Four movie. And I'm not just going to say one viewing. I'm going to say two or three viewings. Oh, wow. Yes. You are harsh. Yes. 
You've crossed the line of decency, sir. Judge Aaron has. <laughs> the, the hanging judge. That's right. I've, I've made my judgment in this case. <laughs> well, let's go back to uh, immigration, uh, which we touched on. There was the big push for immigration reform that the Bush wing of the Republican Party, which is basically the, the corporate wing of the Republican Party, and the liberal Democratic wing of the Democratic Party came together with this immigration reform package, uh, basically offering a path to citizenship for illegal immigrants who are already in the country, setting up a work visa program so that people could come from Mexico. And, and by the way, this is all about Mexico. The, some people might pretend it's about all immigration. It's just about Mexico. Um, it's not like there's a flood of Canadians coming in taking our fruit-picking jobs. No. Uh, so... Yeah, so there was that immigration reform package that this is like the first time that Bush and the Democrats had ever come together for any major legislative initiative. However, the conservative base of the Republican Party went fucking bananas, if I might stick with the the fruit imagery even more. But so the, the really xenophobic isolationist wing of the Republican Party just went crazy. And there was open revolt, uh, and the legislation was killed. The Republicans wouldn't even allow this to get onto the floor of the Senate to be voted on. They basically filibustered it. And um, it's just yet another sign of... It's a sign of a couple things. One, that... Uh, President Bush is a lame duck if he can't even get his own parties to support what is fairly sensible legislation. And it's also a sign of the fact that Republicans are scared shitless of brown people. Mm. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it really shows his lame duckness. I mean, throughout the Bush presidency, he has really not been able to pass any of his own legislation. I mean, you know, the first thing that comes to mind would be Social Security reform. Yeah. I mean, he he ran in two thousand four. That was another gimme to the corporate wing of the party. Yeah, the privatization well, I mean, ran, of Social Security. He ran in two thousand four on this platform that he was going to completely transform the Social Security system, um, and then his own party rejected it. Lo and behold, <laughs> and I think that this is just another example of of Bush just failing in the domestic. Yeah, actually, policy. if you look at his legislative accomplishments, they're very few. The only thing that he really pushed through was the Medicare reform. Yeah, I was, I was going to which, uh, which was, an, again, just a that, huge handout to the corporate wing. Right. But and he, it's hugely unpopular, and it's a massive drain on the budget, and it's exploding our deficit, and it's uh, caused more erosion in Bush's support amongst right. his own party. But immigration. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about this. I mean, I don't think that we're going to see any serious immigration uh, legislation get passed anytime soon. Mm. I think that there's too much of a split within both parties, really. I mean, it seems that nobody can really agree on what we need to do about immigration. Because you can't do anything about it. No, you The really only thing can. you can do is hope it's, that Mexico's economy either gets better or our economy gets so much worse that there won't be any jobs for them. <laughs> Well, but even that's if, the only thing that will really solve well, the But even if problem. even if our economy gets worse, which it, all signs show that it probably won't, but even if it gets worse, I don't think that that's going to change Mexicans coming up here to get jobs yeah. because even in a poor United States economy, we're going to have much better jobs than they're going to have in Mexico. Yeah. Now, Bush's plan, which is you know, su- I guess supported by some, 
Republicans, especially yeah. John the corp- McCain. McCain. Well, McCain. Well, and yeah. and you are correct too. I mean, the uh, corporate America wing loves this. Yeah, because this they is their want, work base. This is their right. cheap work base. They want cheap labor. They don't want to have to pay an American actual know, living wages. Yeah, a living wage and health benefits and all that other good yeah. stuff. Um, <clears throat> you know, the Democrats. You know, really, it's kind of interesting because the Democrats seems to me don't really care about this issue. They seem to be just kind of sitting on the sideline and enjoying watching the Republican wing fight it out amongst themselves. Yeah. Um, but it seems to me that probably most Democrats would side with the president on this. And they have, um, actually. But, that, again, but there's also there some There has been people, vocal support. There but there is also some people in the Democratic Party no, that's that true. take the more isolationist route as well. So I just don't think that anything is going to come out of this. And the other thing is that the, the more liberal wing of the party doesn't like this legislation either because they feel that it's going to create a permanent underclass in our country, basically legalizing cheap labor that doesn't have full rights and doesn't have full representation in our country that can be exploited by you know uh, massive corporations. Well, and so also, there are arguments on either extreme. Well, and their also argument is too is that corporate America needs to start hiring Americans yeah. to do these jobs, and corporate America needs to step up and start paying living wages yeah. instead of getting illegal in those, and legal immigrants to come in and paying them minimum wage and not giving them benefits. That's yeah. And you know that's what? one of the keys of the liberal yeah. side of the Democratic Party. And those are, those are good arguments to have, actually. I mean, it, it's, it's a serious issue. It's a complicated issue. And there are valid arguments on either side there uh, about that, um, uh, both from an economic standpoint and from a social justice standpoint. But the main reason, the, and I touched on this earlier, and the main reason that Republicans, especially the really conservative mm-hmm. base, are flipping out about this is because at heart – they're scared witless that they're going to be a minority in the very near future. And this is them in their last gasp trying to hold on to the cherished title of the elite Caucasian majority in this country, which is going to vanish in 10 years, probably five. And I agree with that, and I think it has more to do with that than it does racism. I mean, I think there's some people that just just don't like Mexicans. (laughs) There's a lot of them in the Republican Party. You know, and there's some in the Democratic Party, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Let's be fair here. That's fine. But I but I do agree with you. I mean, uh, I think I believe it was Bill O'Reilly yes. who was uh, making the argument that um, if we continue to allow all of these immigrants to come in, that they're all going to vote. His argument is, is that they're all going to vote Democratic. Now, I'm not necessarily sure about yeah. that. Um, I mean, especially if you look in Florida. Yeah. But those most are of Cubans. Cubans that's most different. of the Cubans vote Republican. They're, they're, they're all they're right. all like uh, anti-Castro Cubans. And as soon yeah, as but, he's well, dead, no, then but they but, die off but there's a lot of Mexicans and Hispanics that vote Republican yeah. too, because a lot of them are predominantly Catholic, Catholic and a social lot of conservative, and a yeah. lot of them are predominantly pro-life. But and this is the funny thing about so this legislation not, that they're trying to ram through, especially the the isolationist wing who want to build moats and fences and add you know flaming crocodiles to the U.S. Mexico border, is that they are going to for a generation squander the Mexican vote Uh, because they have come out as so anti-Mexican and so anti-immigrant that they're scaring off a large percentage, a a majority of the Mexican vote. Well, which is why I'm surprised that they're going down this route. And that's why Bush wants this legislation because he knows – like on top of the fact that it's just a handout to his corporate donors, he knows that the future of the Republican Party, and Rove knows this too, lies with Mexicans. Exactly. Between either party, because they're going to be part of the majority before too long. And if you don't start courting them now, uh, rather than uh, offending them and trying to kick them out of the country, 
you're giving the Democrats a huge political advantage. Well, and that's, that's what, what they're doing right and now. They, and well, and that's what Bill O'Reilly was was making the argument that you're not going to see a Republican president ever again, and that they're just going to be just, we're going to turn into a one party system, and this horrible Democratic liberal agenda is going to get pushed, and it's going to be the end of the rich white man. Yes. And um, which, of course, all of that is bogus, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, O'Reilly has said this. And there is another there's another Fox commentator named John Gibson, who is also, despite himself, telling the truth when he warned on his Fox News program on cable network news saying that white men, you need to make more babies. Because. (laughs) You're going to be in a minority soon. Did he really say that? He actually put out a call for more white babies. <laughs> and that is why the Republicans will lose the Mexican vote. <laughs> because they say shit like that. And again, if they would just keep their mouth shut about it, yeah. as we discussed, it's it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to vote predominantly Democratic. Yeah. It's not. But you, and, and it's true. But you, and, and as we stated before, I mean, the social values issue is a big issue amongst Mexican and Hispanic voters. Unfortunately, and they vote Republican. A yeah, lot of them do. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, the Mexican population is just as opposed to gay marriage and abortion as, you know, uh, no, some well. of the other core conservatives in the Republican Party. But because a large chunk of the Republican Party as it stands right now is basically trying to criminalize Mexicans. Right. <laughs> they're just they're pissing it away. <laughs> bye bye. Well <laughs> you're gonna be a permanent minority, Republicans. Well again enjoy it, just, it. Well again it just shows a split within the Republican Party. And I mean there there is an argument to be made that if the Republican Party is going to survive then one of these wings is going to have to, they're going to have to come together and they're going to have to figure yeah. something out. And they cannot continue to be as rightist on these issues as they have been in the past. Yeah. It's uh, just not going to work. Yeah. I, um, boy, it, it's just that there are so many Republicans in the party right now, even in the presidential slate right now. You got Tom Tancredo from Colorado, whose sole issue is kicking out Mexicans. Well, that's well. that's the only reason he's and you know he'll try to hide behind this veneer of it's about national security and we don't want terrorists coming. It's it's not about that. No, it's, it's just nothing. people scared of Mexicans taking over the country. It has nothing to do with national security. No, no, it has to do with ethnic and uh, cultural identity. Yeah. And Republicans are just terrified. If you, if you want to make the national security argument, then you just need to argue that there needs to be better screening of yeah. Middle Eastern people that come in. Yeah, or it, if you can make which there already kind of is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, no, not really. <laughs> That's what Guantanamo Bay is for, right? Um, so yeah, until you have your Tancredos out of the party and your Sam Brownbacks out of the party, um, yeah. But these guys, you know, they're not. They're popular amongst a small base of the Republicans, but if you but look, those at, are the ones who vote. But if you look at, for instance, In the primaries, yeah. But do you really think that one of those two is going to get the Republican? Nomination? Oh hell no, hell no. But if they have the if microphones look at their, that they do, if right you look, now. if you look at their approval ratings right now, they're at like what two percent. Yeah, but they speak for a very vocal part of the Republican Party. Uh, who are in predominantly red states like Kansas? Well, they're <laughs> like, a vocal. They're a vocal part of the party, but they don't even they don't even come close to the, to um, 
you know, making up the majority yeah. of Republican voters. But they still because wield a majority, a, because a majority of Republican voters vote Republican because they don't want to pay taxes. But they still wield enough power in Congress that they were able to kill this immigration reform. And they uh, killed it for now. Yeah. Bush is going to try to bring it back up and the Democrats again are just giddy with delight that they're going to have another round of self immolation and this wedge That's issue it. that that the Republicans are just gonna to use to batter themselves yes. to well, the death Demi- with. Well the Democrats are loving this. Oh, it's fantastic. It's great. This it's 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 very similar to the Republicans sitting on the sidelines in two thousand one, two thousand two, well, yeah. watching the Democrats fight over Iraq. Yeah. It, no, no exactly. And I was gonna say that uh, it it bears a lot of similarities with the Iraq legislation that de- Democrats were divided over. Right. And uh, we should probably talk about that a little bit too. The there were funding bills that were sent to the president. The first one that the Democrats came up with actually shocked everyone that they actually had the balls to put, you know, hard timetables in there right. and uh, benchmarks that the Iraqi government had to meet. And if they did not, which they won't, uh, troops will start having to come home. So that was the first supplemental bill that the Democrats sent to President Bush uh, to try to, you know, get this the hell out of Iraq. Well, and they know that Bush, and I think they have the full knowledge that Bush is going to veto. Yeah, and he did. Any of this. And he was promising he was the entire time. Right. And so he vetoed that bill. And then Democrats were forced into a corner where they were being tarred as not supporting the troops because they weren't passing straight funding for the war. And Democrats actually, they've caught a lot of shit from the liberal wing of their party because they sent this new funding bill to Bush, which had no timeline. It had the suggestions of maybe a discussion about possibly broaching the subject of timetables, which were unenforceable. And so they sent that to Bush, basically a clean funding bill up until September. And so they caught a lot of shit from the liberal wing, and it did divide the Democrats for a while. But I think ultimately... It was really the only thing they could do. And on top of that, on top of it being pragmatic, politically it's a winner for them because now Bush and the Republicans completely own this. Like they say, all right, you want the funding? You want the war? Fine. Here you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll call your bluff. <laughs> Get yeah. us out of there. See, see if the surge works. <laughs> and so now the Democrats have spun this around and Bush and the Republicans own it. And I mean, even if they did have the fortitude to send another bill up there that, you know, call for an immediate withdrawal of troops, which nobody has ever called for, by the way. But let's say they did that, it would just get vetoed anyway. Because the way our government works, yeah. unfortunately, is that, you know, the legislative well, body writes the laws and the president has to sign them into law. Right. Bush is not going to sign anything that will uh, impugn or infringe his ability to wage his disastrous war. Right. So. And, well, and I agree. I don't think that there's really a whole lot the Democrats could have done in this. And the liberal wing of the Democratic Party is being, I think, a little too unfair yeah. um, at this point. Um, and, you know, there's already people grumbling that uh, we elected this. You know, we elected a Democratic Congress in 2006 to get us out of this this quagmire that we're in. Um, and so now they seem to think that they want to kick these and not reelect them in 2008. You know, I don't know. I think that we're not really going to get anything done in Iraq until Bush is out of office. Yeah. I think that that's fairly obvious. Yes. Fairly obvious. So is there really anything left for the Democrats to do at this point? Possibly, because... The surge, a lot of conservatives have said that they were going to give the surge a chance to work. 
and that if it didn't work by the end of the, well, I'd say by September, the end of the, September is the magical month yeah, that everyone's the, been by saying. By the end of, you know, I was going to say by you know, the end of the once summer, the trade, once the, the, the trays comes back and gives us a status right. report in September, then we're we'll going to see some it. defections from the Republican not, Party. It's not like Petraeus is going to come over here and say, "Oh, that didn't work. Sorry." I fucked up, guys. We better come home. He's not gonna. He's gonna come over here. He's gonna say, "Well, news is mixed. There's been some progress, and it's difficult." Yeah, but, but I think we should buy. continue. But on. nobody's gonna buy that anymore. I mean, the search. Look, we were told, or the Bush administration told us, that their recommendation to fix the problem in Iraq was to put more troops in. Yes, it hasn't done anything. No, in fact, it's made the situation worse. In a lot well, of ways. I, you know, that's debatable. It was bad before. It's bad now. <laughs> it's it's going to be it's bad. different gradations it's of gonna, bad. <clears throat> excuse me. It's going to be bad a year from now. Yeah. I, it didn't work. Yeah, nothing's going to work. There's no military solution to this. So, I, I don't know. I just think that you're going to start seeing a lot of defections for the Republican Party now. Yeah. Does that mean that at the end of the summer, the, the Democrats are going to try to push another? you know, legislation about this with more Republican support? Possibly. But Bush is still going to veto it. So what are you going to do? I know. Uh, (laughs) The only thing that Democrats can hope for, and this is the sort of legislative strategy they've laid out, is that they're going to have a series of votes over the summer about the war. They're going to try to (laughs) rescind the original authorization of force. They're going to try to... um, uh, strengthen uh, the military readiness rules, which will make it uh, virtually impossible for the current troop levels to sustain themselves, and right. so people will have to start uh, coming home. Uh, they're going to have a series of votes on this to basically get the Republicans on record over and over again that they support Bush's strategy. And well, as I said, my prediction is is that support for Bush's strategy is really going to start falling. Yeah, I, in my opinion, I think that's what's going to. But happen. can can Democrats get enough? In the Senate, they need 60 votes to override a veto. I think it's, you know, honestly, I think it's possible. It's possible. It's got to be hard, especially when you got dipshits like Joe Lieberman in there, like providing cover no. for Republicans, right. acting as an independent Democrat, saying, well, we need to give it more time. That was more Jimmy Stewart than uh, Joe Lieberman. Sorry. But, uh, so it's going to be very difficult, but there are a lot of. Uh, moderate Republicans in moderate states are going to face very tough reelections in well, 08. Think, well, and I think there's some conservative Republicans in some tight races that, you know, might defect as well. Even so. Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader from Kentucky, he's going to face a very tough reelection because he is the face of Bush's policy in the Senate. And it's going to be. Like, I don't see the Democrats losing in 08, frankly. While a lot of their base may be unhappy with them that they haven't immediately stopped the war, nobody's going to vote for Republicans next year. <laughs> even uh, presidentially? Uh, even presidentially. Okay. Which is a good segue. Uh, as we always do on Pundit Talkers right. here. Everything comes back to the horse race in 08. It's just so much damn fun. No, to, I, I'm not. It, we're like sports junkies. I know. You know? I, I'm not convinced that the Democrats necessarily have a shoe-in in 2008. I am. As it stands right now, I think it's a shoe-in that a Democrat's okay. going well, to Well, that's fine. That's your opinion. Yes. I think that it's more than likely that they will win in 2008, but I don't think that it's, it's set in stone by yeah. any means. Um, I just look at the lineup right now. Well, the, the lineup, you know, on, well, let's be, let's be honest. The lineup on both sides are pretty poor. Regardless of your opinions of the Democrats, 
they poll a lot better than the Republicans do in national polling. I'm not going to dispute that. Um, and I think that, personally speaking, any one of the Democratic candidates, except maybe Kucinich, <laughs> would make a fine president. <laughs> uh, and I'm not too fond about Bill Richardson. He just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what it is. He's not going to get the nomination. No, he's, he's, not, he's not even going to come I mean, essentially, it. it comes down to Hillary, Obama, and Edwards. Edwards yeah. And Edwards... It's kind of the dark horse. He's got the yeah. inside track. The thing of it is, and I'm amazed that the media hasn't started picking this up, is that Edwards is ahead in a majority of the early primary yes, states. Yes, he's ahead in, he's in Iowa. Iowa, Nevada, South Carolina. And those are like the – aside from New Hampshire, those are the early voting states. And if well, he wins Iowa, that's probably going to slingshot him through the entire thing. Well, and the theory That's is, what happened with Kerry. Yeah. Well, and the theory is, too, is that Hillary has a commanding lead in New Hampshire, but she is starting to lose ground to Obama. Yeah. And so the general idea is, is that if Obama can siphon enough votes away from Hillary, that it's possible that Edwards might sort of come in and win New Hampshire as well. Yes. And, and it's very interesting because it seems that Hillary is, is – you know, in every single poll you see as a commanding lead. In the over. national polls. Right. In the national polls. But you're right. I mean, if But you national look, polls but, are meaningless in a again, primary, this early in a primary again, I mean, season. but you're, and you're absolutely correct. When you look at the primary states, John Edwards, I mean, let's face it, at this point, has it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it is still early yet, and things are very fluid, especially if, you know, like Al Gore gets into the race, which hasn't been ruled out entirely. Well, there's this whole uh, draft... Gore, yeah. I think is what it's yeah. called. Yeah. Um, however, I don't. I don't think Gore will get in. Um, but well, I don't know. He could just be waiting till the end of the summer. He's waiting for one of the uh, Democrats the to do is- something stupid, which I don't think is going to happen because I think Hillary is way too calculating in all this. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a Howard Dean moment from any of these guys this year. No, no, no. Um, I, well, I, I think it'd be great to see a Howard Dean moment, but see yeah. Hillary just like melt down and yes. start swearing like a sailor, yes. not realizing your mic's on, right? Or to start talking about lesbian dalliances she had in college. Be great. It'll be fantastic. Uh, But the thing about the Democrats versus the Republicans is that the Democratic voting bloc is, by and large, happy with their candidates. Like, you don't don't see a lot of undecideds in the Democratic uh, field. If you look at the Republican field... Oh, that's just a mess. They hate their candidates. They just lo- and that's why you have this yearning for Fred Thompson to jump in. Fred Thompson, there's been a lot of talk about Newt Greenridge. Yeah, Gingrich. Um, uh, I, I think they're going to actually exhume Ronald Reagan and run his corpse. Uh, <laughs> you might have thought that if you watched the first Republican debate at the Reagan Library, where they mentioned Ronald Reagan about 500 times. But tellingly, George Bush's name only came up once. Don't you think the corpse of Ronald Reagan would make a better president than Bush, though? Yeah, absolutely. Without no, a I doubt. So. Without a doubt. And I've said this before. If he too. surrounds himself with a good team, well, I think. And, and I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I mean, I think America, regardless of who wins in 2008, is going to be better off. Mm-hmm. Even if even if a Republican wins. I disagree with we're, you on We're going to be better off than we were under Bush. I think Giuliani would actually drive this country off of a cliff. Giuliani's not going to win. He won't. But I'm just saying. I mean, let's, let's example. But, are you, but you're, you're giving the hypothetical. If any president would be better than Bush, I don't think Giuliani. Would I don't be. think Giuliani would be as bad as Bush. At I least think Giuliani has somewhat of a brain. He does, but he's got this Winston Churchill complex where he wants to just bomb the shit out of the Middle East. Like he and McCain he in the debates are you know getting what? into this bomb Iran off. <laughs> what is it? Well, you Who know can what? bomb can talk- Iran first and hardest? You know what? They can talk about bombing Iran as much as they want. 
when it gets down to it, we don't have the military resources they to launch care. a campaign against Iran. And they know this. <laughs> I don't think they care. Um, and, okay, so you got those two, uh, McCain and Giuliani, who are the sort of muscular neoconservative continuations of Bush's policies. Then you got Romney. Nobody has any clue where Romney stands on anything no, because his position changes every you know, week. Romney is a complete idiot. Yeah, he's a cipher. I mean, if you watch him speak, it's just, to me, it's just painful. I mean, you're right. And you have no idea where this guy stands on yeah. any issues. Because um, wish- every election he's been in, he has had a different position on every issue. And he's a freaking Mormon. He's, you know what? They wear special underwear. Do you do know they? that? Yeah, Mormons no, I didn't do. Know that. <laughs> they, I'm not joking. Yeah, Mormons have special underwear that they use. I wish I had a. Uh... <laughs> I want somebody to bring that up in the debate. I want Ron Paul to get up there on the stage. You may want to vote for Romney, but he wears uh, Jesus underwear. Uh, I don't even know what the underwear is. I, like, I wish, they, they're loath to talk about it. I, I wish I had a transcript in front of me of his uh, answer to the question of what would you do in Iraq. <laughs> it made it absolutely made no sense. Yeah, because they I mean, don't have because all of them all no the well no at least some of them like will will well, they answer want to put more question. troops in. Well, there. yeah, at least they will. Some of them will answer the question, and whether you agree or disagree with it, there is an answer. Yeah. Oh, what what will you do, Sarah McCain? I want to put more troops in. What are you want to do, Giuliani? I want to bomb Iran. Yeah. Okay, those those are they're insane, but they're answers. They're answers. Yes, Romney. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. Again, I wish I had the transcript but, in front of me so I could read it. But this is to the funny thing. This is the funny thing about Romney. It, it was amazing. This is the funny thing about Romney. Like He's Ed, a liar, too. Like Edwards, he is ahead in the early states. He's got a huge lead that, in that Iowa. Is, that is insane. I know. You know why? Because he looks kind of uh, presidential. He has a Reagan-esque haircut. And he's got, you know, a lantern jaw, and he's easy to look at, and he's kind of reassuring when he speaks. And that's it. No, and he's no. he's used that to catapult himself to the front of the Republican primaries in, I think, both Iowa and New Hampshire. He's got a huge lead in Iowa, and I think he's got a fairly large lead in New Hampshire. Um, well, I, I've said it once, and I'm going to say it again. Because I've said this almost on just about every single punditocracy episode we've had yes. in the last year. Newt Greenrich is my dark horse. I honestly think that Newt is waiting. He's just waiting around. He's going to let the Republicans just, they're so dissatisfied, as you said, they are so dissatisfied yes. with their candidates right now. That Newt's just going to wait around probably for the rest of the summer, maybe into the fall, and he's going to get into this race because by that point, the Republicans are going to be really frustrated yes, with Yes, because once Fred and Thompson he is, he is gets gonna, in and they get a look at him and how lightweight he is and how he's Newt, flip-flopped on the issues. Yes, Newt is going group. to come in. The Republicans love this guy. He is a hero. He's a conservative, conservative rock star. Yeah. Because you know what? Much and like, once he jumps much, in, once he jumps in, you will see him go to the top of the polling charts. I, I don't think he will, but I, I do think that he is going to siphon votes away from all the other conservatives. Uh, he's probably if he does jump in, he's probably going to hurt McCain the most because McCain has been trying to court those those base conservatives. Right. Um, well, let's take a look at McCain and Giuliani. I mean, I don't think they're going to get the nomination just because I think they're too soft on social issues yeah. for the Republican base. And as, as we stated, right. those are the ones that vote in primaries. Yes. Which, you know, Mitt Romney just he is such a buffoon and he is such an idiot and he has no stance on anything. 
But somehow he is probably ahead because he has come out and said that he is pro-life and that he's against gay rights, which, of course, he wasn't two years ago. Yeah. But he Romney, is now. Romney. Uh, so he at least has – the Republican base at least has that in common with Romney. Yes. Uh, Romney is, in fact, on tape saying that he will be more liberal on gay rights issues than Ted Kennedy. No. <laughs> I mean, all all, all McCain and Giuliani have to do is they have to take that sound clip, put it in a 30-second spot, and just blanket the Iowa market wow. with that, and he's going to sink like a stone in the polls. But just not not enough Republicans know uh, about uh, Romney. And, um, and the thing about Giuliani's lead, the, even though he does it's have not a huge lead. Yeah, he's, he's and like, you got to understand that these polls for Giuliani are national polls. Yes, yeah. and like Clinton's lead in the national polls are meaningless. You have to look at the state-by-state breakdowns well, because that's lo- what really matters. Well, and a lot of people are supporting Giuliani just out of name recognition. 9-11, 9-11, 9-11, 9-11. That's all he's running on. Right. That's all he has. And well, and we've discussed before, too, that when his sort of bizarre personal life <laughs> comes out. Married his cousin. It's going to be... You know, it's going to be tougher for him to win. Yeah. And I um, also think, and <laughs> we discussed this before, but kind of getting into the, uh, the conservative mind frame, Republicans and conservatives want a daddy figure to tell them everything's going to be. They, that's why Bush and Cheney have been able to get away with consolidating power and basically constructing this imperial presidency now, where, they don't, um, where they don't have to play by the rules of the Constitution because it's a time of war. And you know what? When you declare a never-ending war on terror, that means you can get away with it in perpetuity. It's not just like a suspension of rights during the Civil War, which had a, a finite uh, end, and then you could go back to uh, you know actually following the rule of law. No, Bush and the Republic and his wing of the Republic, the neoconservatives, they want to roll back basic freedoms so that there is this figurehead, this dictator. The Republicans love dictators. They love authoritarian rule. They want this this guy like Giuliani. They don't care what his stance is on gay marriage and abortion. They just want somebody oh, I I who's going to take it to the Arabs, man. They want somebody who's going to make him feel safe and put a blanket of security over him at night and tuck him in and kiss him on the forehead and tell him everything inside because they're pissing I, their pants scared that brown people are coming. I'm... I, <laughs> I, I disagree with that. I mean, I think there there is a uh, a portion of the Republican Party that wants that. But as we were discussing earlier, there's a big split with the Republicans right now. I mean, there's a lot of Republicans that want to go back to traditional conservatism. They want to go back to fiscal responsibility. <laughs> they want to have a more isolationist foreign policy, uh, more isolationist you know immigration policy, um, and that's more, what yeah. more more socially conservative when it comes to issues like abortion and gay rights. There is a legitimate split within the Republican Party, so and I that's don't. Why, think that, that's why Ron. That's, Paul, that's why I don't think that Giuliani is is going to make it because I think that yeah, I, I agree. That want, with you. I don't think he'll make it. People that want to go back to more traditional conservatism and they use Ronald Reagan as sort of their example on this. Even though Reagan was a terrible president, but um, well, he's not so bad in comparison to Bush. <laughs> I know, fucking Taft, <laughs> Warren G. Harding was better than Bush. I, I think that. The traditional conservatives are going to win out. Well, I, I think. Well, I, you you think that, but you see Ron Paul, who's a traditional libertarian conservative of the Republican Party from Texas, who's running in the primaries and who's been on stage in the debates. 
who's been using those traditional conservative arguments, saying we should never have gone to Iraq in the first place, we had no business there, we should have an isolationist foreign policy, we need to be more fiscally conservative. He's laughed off the stage. Yeah, but don't you kind of think that— Because Mitt, because there's this bloodlust in the Republican but Party. Don't you, but don't you think that Mitt Romney is kind of— Kind of saying that message. I mean, we don't. We've already. I don't, I don't know we, what Ron's message well, is. I, we've already established that we don't really know what the hell he stands on <laughs> no. issues. But from the bits and pieces I can put together, it seems that he is more of a traditional conservative as opposed to a neocon. I could be wrong because, again, we don't we don't really know. Yeah, I have no idea. And I, he's trying to pander to every possible voting block in the Republican right. Party. So he ha- he's all over the map. I really He has no core convictions. So I couldn't say what his core convictions are. But Ron Paul does have core convictions. And I think uh, John see- McCain has mostly core convictions, at least on Iraq and foreign policy. Well, but you see some of these lower candidates, too, like a Mike Huckabee, like yeah. a— um, we're going these, nowhere. Well, some of these guys, though, Brownback, they're, back, they're pushing. They're pushing. They can. The, Tom uh, Tancredo. They're going nowhere. Well, but they're also pushing the you know traditional conservative message as well. Yeah, so. I, that's true. But um, it and just I don't seemed, know and where, none of those. And, and, but but again, even even then, none of those candidates are getting any traction, and only like the Newt went. Newt Greenrich is pushing traditional conservative values. He won't wait. Like he's polling terribly right and now. I don't. To be perfectly honest, I don't know enough about Fred Thompson to know where he stands. Nobody does. That's why That's why conservatives like him right now. He's a blank slate. They say, oh, come save us, Fred Thompson. You played the president once. You were in The Hunt for Red October. That was a cool movie. You can be president. He was in Die Hard 2. That was my favorite. Yes, play favorite. the air traffic controller. Yes. My favorite Fred Thompson role. <laughs> Actually, he was in a 1980s series called Wise Guy in which he played a uh, – a Nazi Klansman anti-Semite. Oh, well, that's fitting. Which is great. I, again, I hope that somebody in the Republican primaries will take that loop of him spouting off about killing Jews from this 1980s television show <laughs> and play that in a loop. Oh, but he was just acting. Republican primary voters don't know the difference. Oh. <laughs> They're all acting. <laughs> okay. Hunt, he was great in Hunt for Red October, too. Yeah, it's playing the, he was stern. Yeah, he's admirable. admirable or whatever. Yes. Sort of author- again, the authoritarian figure that's that right, Republicans right. love. Uh, and, and, you know, Die Hard, too, as well. He took control of that situation. That's right. He landed those planes. That's right. And he's going to take those planes of social injustice and land those as president. I don't know exactly what he's running on. What, Nobody what, knows what, what he's running on. What the hell else has he been in? Uh, he was in an HBO original movie in which he played Ulysses S. Grant in all of his drunken glory. Oh. So again, he played a president. Well, he's playing a Democratic president. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> that's that's a, that's also going to be dicey for him that's in the right. primaries. Uh, Aaron, what doesn't suck? Oh, I thought long and hard about this. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to, you know, just sound like a total just cop out. Just do it. Sound like a total dork, but uh, I recently bought a Nintendo DS, which is a absolutely fantastic little thing. Kicks and it's the PSP's ass. I feel, you know, it's it's strange sitting there playing this, knowing that it's mostly twelve year olds that buy no, this, no, this no, system. No. no, well, talk about when you're in Korea. Well, they're everybody had them exactly. Men, but women, children, everyone. Has but that's them. Asia, though. That's different. No, it's, it's happening here too. The DS, everyone's buying a DS. I saw probably DS is the top selling system in the world, including in the United States. Some right? people had PSPs over there, but mostly DSs. Yes, but I started playing Final Fantasy three. Which is a phenomenal role playing game. Um, How many hours have you logged into it? I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> it's more than fifty, right? 
Um, actually, I haven't hit the fifty. Oh, you hour haven't mark. hit fifty. No, okay, I, so I you, haven't. It's... See, I can't officially call you a nerd until okay. you hit the fifty-hour mark. I'm sure I will at some point. <laughs> You're it's not yet. To it. <laughs> so you know it's. If you're looking for a cheap game system, you can get them used for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you uh, can games, buy them new for a hundred and thirty. Yeah, so. uh, games are cheap. I think like, thirty bucks. New, yeah, new games that come out are generally twenty nine ninety nine. If it's like a very popular title, it's you know sometimes thirty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. You can get used games for fifteen dollars. It's a good little investment if you like games. It's portable. You can play it while you're taking a shit. Um, you can play it. Although you don't want to use your stylus to actually wipe your ass because then it'll smear on the yeah, touch screen. It's, 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 other people might want to touch yes. that. Um, Just don't get a pink one. What's wrong with pink? I don't like the pink DS. Pink, pink's like the new black. <laughs> pink is hot on guys now. All right, all right. Well, you can go buy your pink DS. I'll take a fucking pink all DS. Right. I don't care. All right. Although, if you're a real Final Fantasy fan, you've got to get the special Final Fantasy embossed DS. They released a Final Fantasy-themed DS that had some of the characters from Final Fantasy actually etched onto the, the DS. Oh, well, if I had known that, I would have gone for that. <laughs> you look for it on eBay. So what doesn't suck for you? For me, it is the disclosure last week that in the mid-'90s, the U.S. military invested millions of dollars researching a... <laughs> A potentially fabulous chemical warfare agent that has been dubbed the Gay Bomb. Basically, they wanted to develop this bomb that contained a chemical agent, a lot of hormones, that would drive enemy troops into a sexual frenzy to the point where they would drop their guns and just start porking each other. The gay bomb. This is what the defense department... Let's start a war! This is what the defense department is wasting my tax dollars on? Yep. Millions of dollars. Hmm. Millions of dollars on the gay bomb! Gay bomb! Gay bomb! Maybe they were just testing it over San Francisco all these years? Yeah, I think so. That, that might explain a lot. I think that explains why there's so many homosexuals in if, San yes. Francisco. If people didn't know that, there are a lot of homosexuals in San Francisco. <laughs> Another interesting tidbit, Dallas is about to elect an openly gay mayor. Really? Which will be the first of the top ten cities in the United States to have an open. Even San Francisco has in never had Texas? In Texas. Wow. Dallas is actually a fairly liberal town. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't, they, I, mean, I don't know. Although, you know what would happen if he got elected? He'd just want to drop a gay bomb on North Texas and turn the well, entire now this, northern. Okay, now, this, now let's, let's be clear here. This just heightens your hormones it doesn't necessarily make you gay right so i mean you can take this stuff and you can just pound a woman all night long yes and it i don't know why the government was investing so many millions of dollars it already exists it's called ecstasy yes well (laughs) but i you know really honestly i want to try this this bomb yes i want to drop the gay bomb on aaron i want to be locked in a room he's man enough Preferably, with he's a, comfortable enough in his own sexuality. Per, preferably with a hot chick, but you know, if it's just myself, yeah, you've got palms. Exactly, I've got a rosy palm. Exactly, I could sit there and just jerk off for twenty-four hours straight. Mm-hmm. Thank you, U.S. military. Uncle yes. Uncle Sam wants you. That's right, <laughs> Uncle Sam wants you. <laughs> Gay bomb. <laughs> Oh, I can only imagine if I was a soldier going into a battlefield and um, they drop this bomb and I see the enemy just sitting there humping each other, yes. humping their jeeps, humping yes. the ground. Yes. 
Art, humping artillery shells. I. It's when they ejaculate, they explode. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I just love the thinking that was in the military at the time, where they're trying to think of the worst thing they could do to enemy troops. Let's turn them gay. <laughs> that was just, which is, you know, in the mid '90s, that was when the whole "don't ask, don't tell" fight was right, going right. down. So that I think you know get, what, reveals something about least, the mind frame. At least the Defense Department is trying to be more humanitarian. They're just trying to turn them gay. They're not trying to kill them. That's true. Although many in the military consider that a fate worse than death. Well, I was going to say, if, if you, you asked uh, Peter turned, Pace, who was recently sacked. If, if, you're, <laughs> if you turn gay, then you are going to go to hell. Yes. And, they're, they're, of course, most other countries have a don't ask, don't tell. So if you right. turn it, you'd have to be kicked. So that would, right there, like if all of the men in your country were gay, you'd have no military. Hmm. If, if other countries had a don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah. Well, Which, by the way, has worked so well for our country. But that will be a discussion for another time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for the relaunch of Punditocracy. Maybe Punditocracy 2.0? I don't know. Well, but we're a, back on the air. Isn't every single episode a relaunch for us? <laughs> yeah, pretty We much. only do one of these once every other month. <laughs> we're going to get better about that, by gum. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see about that. But thank you, everyone, for joining us for one of our sporadic tapings of Punditocracy. Please. Send us an email at poundingthepundit at yahoo.com. Leave comments on lawrence.com. Be our buds. Come on. Do us a solid. Visit us at www.myspace.com backslash punditocracy. Aaron, God bless you. God bless you, Gavin. For returning from, what was it, the 51st parallel or whatever? Uh, I don't know. I'm not that good with geography. But... Recently back from Korea. No joke, actually. He was in Korea for about a month. (laughs) And he's returned to us in one piece. And with, so far as I can tell, no visible venereal diseases. Um, that's, that's... Another episode, another episode. That's still kind of uh, up in the air. Yeah. (laughs) But, Aaron, thank you. I have been Gavin. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Oh,